So if I'm in the kitchen doing the dishes and I just want to get the dishes done and this child is yakking, yakking, yakking and rubbing my arm and really wants my attention, it's better if I just stop the dishes (laughs) and make a cup of tea and look at that child and sit with that child because that's what speaks to that child. Welcome back to Adventure Parenting with Grace. I am Lori Donahue, and this is the Gospel Parenting Podcast, where we will walk with you through the joys of parenting and the most painful challenges so you can rise with courage, practical strategies, and hope to parent with purpose. Well, this morning, we're going to do a wrap on Christy Griffith's podcast series on personalities and family dynamics. We are bringing to a conclusion her previous podcasts, If you haven't listened to them, you can go back to catch up. This one is a little longer than usual, so we're going to jump right on in. We are here this morning with Christy Griffith, and I asked her to come back to do a wrap-up because she did such a wonderful job on bringing us personalities and family dynamics and so many points that we have learned so much from. So Christy, thanks for coming back. My pleasure. I want this to bring a wrap-up in communication, in communicating with our kids in respect to the fact that they have these multiple, well, not multiple personalities, but <laughs> they, have, they have these different personalities. And let me just begin in our talk about communication by asking you, should we relate to our kids with different personalities differently? Or do we have one method of relating to our kids and communicating with our kids? How do we approach this? That's a really great question. As I mentioned before, We are mind, body, and spirit, every single person. But we all are strong in one of those and deficient in one of those. And then the third one, we can come in and out of as we need to. Mm. So because we are limited and we are finite ourselves, our children are as well. So the most important part of communication with your children and really with anybody in your world, whether it's at work, your spouse, other family members and friends. It's very important to know yourself. Where are you strong? Are you more of a body person? Do you react? Do you act on impulse? Do you like to sit back and think instead? Would you prefer to observe and think through philosophically all of the ways that this could work or Do you feel like you're just present in the moment and your solution, solution, solution right here in the moment? We have these three different lenses. Each person has one. And that one lens is going to color how you react to people and how you think that they should respond. So when we take this into parenting, first we have to know, do I approach everything as let's just get this done yesterday Or do I just do what is in front of me to do right now? Or am I not as present and I'm a little bit perhaps more reflective or I let feelings take over first before I respond? And our children have that same quality as well. They're either going to be a more aggressive type or a more present type or a more withdrawn type. So first I know myself and how I'm seeing them. If I am an aggressive type, 
meaning aggressive is not a bad word here, by the way, that is a person who we need these people in the world and in our lives. They get stuff done, y'all, and they're not afraid to do the hard things. So these are really wonderful people to have in your life. But when it comes to parenting, and I have a child that is perhaps a little slower to get things done, they are, they don't maybe see all of the different steps right away to get things done. Maybe they make a lot of excuses as to why things aren't getting done. And if I come to them and say, what's your problem? It, all you have to do is X, Y, and Z, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and let's get this done. That may not be encouraging to that child. I may need to come along and figure out what the obstacles are first by asking them questions. So for an example, perhaps my child wants to start a project of learning how to sew. And so that child is really good at researching all the things they need. They begin collecting the things that they need, but really now that I've got the material and I've got the sewing machine and I've got the thread, mom, I really need a table. I really need a special table to put all of this on. So I get them the table. Well, I need a special room in the house where I can actually do this without anybody bothering me. So we clear out a space. You know what? I think it'd be really great if I now had an organization rack to go in front of me before I start my project. Well, the list could go on and on ad nauseum and the child never actually puts the material in the sewing machine to sew. Right. That child needs me as the more get it done type to help her know when to stop preparing and when to start doing. So there's a little bit of a disconnect now between that child's brain and that child's body. The child could use my help now in knowing how to get it into her body. But if I just said, look, you know what? You're hopeless because you just don't know how to start this project. And I could give her all the reasons why I think she is stumbling, whereas she might just need a nudge from me to go, let's put this, let's put the material in now. Let's thread the needle. She might need that help. So if I have um, another child who um, doesn't, who's really good at getting work done, but doesn't seem to know how to prioritize that work, everything is on the A list, but I'm frustrated because that child doesn't know, seem to know how to transition or how to stop or how to make the choices, then I'm going to treat that child a little differently in terms of knowing how to actually help that child. Mm -hmm. I need to learn my propensities and to get out of, to not be so strong with my body and taking action, but sitting down with that child, asking questions, learning to think through and mull over some things. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I am, if I am not an aggressive type, but I have an aggressive child, I could be bullied by that child. That child might, I might allow that child to yell at me. I might allow that child to hit me. I might allow that child to bite or push me. And that child needs to be met with their energy. That doesn't mean I bite or push back or (laughs) yell, but that means I come at them strong and firm and tell them exactly what I need them to do right now. 
and I use the same strength of energy that they've come at me with, guess what? They sit down mm-hmm. because you've met them at the level that they hear. They are hearing that ringing of the energy and, the, and that more action-oriented personality type. So if I am not that personality type, but I can meet them with the same energy, that's really important. Same thing with the, with the present and dependent energy child. This child may want you to look at them when you talk to them. They may just want physical touch. They need your presence. They need your mind on whatever it is that you're doing with them. So if I'm in the kitchen doing the dishes and I just want to get the dishes done and this child is yakking, yakking, yakking and rubbing my arm and really wants my attention, it's better if I just stop the dishes (laughs) and make a cup of tea and look at that child and sit with that child because that's what speaks to that child. If I continue to go, "Uh uh-huh, 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 and I don't give them my full attention, I'm not meeting them where they are. But I don't know this if I'm not mindful of myself. I don't know this if I'm not mindful of them. Why does she keep touching me? Why does she keep coming up to me and just talking, talking, talking? And, you know, if I'm getting annoyed now and not saying, huh, it's interesting that she doesn't yell at me from another room or she doesn't stay in her room forever. She really wants to be where I am and learning what I'm doing. Well, guess what? I can put my arm around that child and say, well, let me teach you this then. Let's make these cookies together or whatever the project is. So knowing ourselves and knowing our children, yes, Lori, it is going to change the way that we communicate with each one. It is going to change the way we discipline each child as well and the energy that we're meeting them at. Mm -hmm. That's interesting because you can look at your family and think of everybody else's personalities, but if you don't take into account your own personality, that's what you're saying, right? Then it's kind of useless because in communication, you need to communicate in a way that that child will hear you. When you talked earlier about our child having one propensity and lesser in the other propensities, Mm -hmm. it seems like you were saying that we should help them grow in the other propensities as well. Mm. And so we, Mm -hmm. so we probably can't come to that child and just say, Oh, that's just the way they are. They're going to always be like that if they're strong and possibly abrasive to just say, oh, that's their personality. I think we can encourage them to grow in the other, Absolutely. In the other areas as well. Is that what you were saying? Absolutely. I mean, I know I need growth in it. Mm-hmm. So if I see that I've got a very argumentative child or a child that is hitting other children or pushing me or running out and not thinking, just going out into the street because his ball ran that way, whatever their their propensity is to use their bodies before they're using their minds or their hearts, or they might just say mean things and not really think that they're mean. They're just saying something. So I can help them become aware. Did you realize that what you just said to your sister really hurt her feelings? Or did you realize what you said was not helpful? Well, then I might employ something like I might write on our wall the word think 
and some parents are using this when you want to is it is it thoughtful is it helpful is it inspirational is it necessary is it kind that's the acronym think so that that child that might help that child or I might have a child that's so easily offended by everything everything is hurting her feelings and you know there of course we want to we want to help our children to stay in fellowship with one another by being able to say that hurt me and then I forgive you I'm sorry I forgive you that's a rule in our home that we really practice Matthew 18 daily we stay in fellowship as hard as that is. But if I have a child that's constantly getting their feelings hurt by everything, then I need to help build that child up and number one help them toughen up a little bit but help them to now be able to discern and see we're using our feelings a lot here that might be my strong point it might be what helps me comfort my friend or help an animal that needs help or um be called to a world cause that really needs some passion in there but it's not helpful on a day-to-day basis if all I'm doing is getting my feelings hurt. So now let's go to our mind space. <laughs> We've used our spirit and our heart. Let's use our mind a little bit to think through, was that really a sin against you? Was that something to truly feel offended by? Mm-hmm. So yes, I can help that child grow in those things. Some children get caught in their head and all they're doing is thinking, thinking, thinking. And you know they're stuck. They're repressed in their thoughts because their thoughts are not leading them to action. Right. <laughs> I can right. help that child now transition. Okay, we've thought through this. Let's look at let's look at the steps that we thought through. Now let's take some action, helping them know what the time is now to do that. So yes, we're all deficient in one of these things. And we so we have a, a primary, I'm either head, heart, or hands, head, heart, or body. And then I'm also repressed in one of those things where I could think about it all day, but never take action, mm-hmm. you know, or I could take action all day and bulldoze everybody down. And now I look and I don't even look behind me to see what what has been left in my wake, you know? <laughs> right, right. That's so good. So to acknowledge and to know what their leaning and bent is, is excellent to know. But it seems also then that our goal should bring them to balance and Correct. to have some of each. And yeah. so that's a that's a big task, but it's not too big. And it's just something we can do in <laughs> little pieces every day. <laughs> but that's really good. So here's another question. I remember when my kids were young, I thought that they should see everything my way. Mm-hmm. And and thought that one of my goals was to make them see everything my way. And looking back on it, that I don't think that was really the best way to approach it. So what are your thoughts about about communicating with our kids in the best way to bring them aligned with what the Lord has for their lives? Mm-hmm. And even when I might not even be saying it in the right way. I really think it's so beautiful how God has made us to need each other. We need not just our spouses and our families and our children, but the whole body of Christ, right? We are all members of his body. 
So for me to think that my way is the best way because I am the index finger, I'm missing out on the ear or the eye or the big toe or the shin. I'm missing these other body parts. So I am thinking of my children when they were not even able to talk yet. How about those little infants? Of course, I'm going to lead them in the way that I believe is best for them. But I'm also going to observe. When my oldest was 12 months old, I noticed that he really wasn't playing with cars and trucks, but he loved the little magnet board with all of the plastic magnetic letters. Mm. And he could play this Lori for an hour and a half and he would arrange them in all different arrangements and he knew their names. I remember as he was learning to walk, he fell down, skinned his knee and wanted no one to help him because nothing is wrong. He could have blood dripping down his leg, but nothing was wrong. Everything was perfect and right. Well, guess what? To this day, this child struggles with perfectionism and struggles with the need to be right. But Lori, I don't know that I taught him that. He just needed that from birth. That was how he was made. So I think as we observe and if we are mindful and aware, and I wasn't as mindful and aware, at that point in my life, we can guide them to, to times where maybe they do make mistakes and we laugh about it and we go, that's so great how you tried. Way to go, try again. And allowing them to see a different side and a different, a different lens is going to balance them out a little bit. So if we are mindful then we can help them to see a little bit differently. And we also will get to see a little bit differently. So as we're shaping them, this is where I bring up the body of Christ. Golly, I really need to be shaped as well mm. by my own children, by my circumstances, by the very body of Christ. I need to bump up against things and to go, ouch, I didn't really like that because that's not the way I want to see it. Mm -hmm. But you know what? That's, that's a perspective I need to let into my life. I think when something triggers us and bugs us and agitates us, I think that, that agitation, think of the washer and washing machine agitating the clothes. Well, it's cleaning the clothes. Thankfully we need, they need the agitation. I think we need the agitation too, mm -hmm. because whatever we're agitated with, is the very area that we need to grow mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. And those are the rough edges that are needing to be worn off of us. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. With all of this conversation and communication about personalities, our personalities fit into and under our identity. Mm -hmm. And so where, where do you see that our identity should lie? Well, as believers, our identity is, of course, in Christ. And that sounds very cliche, but the older we get, the more we appreciate that and how simple that is. That's true. That we belong to Jesus. He is our good shepherd. I think it's interesting that we look at the negative so much of our personality traits. We look at the negative in ourselves and the negative in our children. But there is an underlying identity and a very essence 
And I think this is the picture that God is wanting to paint in each one of us because we are created in his image. Mm. So each one of our children, each one of us really has a propensity in personality, that little box that we live in, but it's also a very essence of who we are. So I mentioned my son always needing to be right. Well, he really embodies truth. He's a kid I can trust, Mm. really. He's not going to cheat at a game. (laughs) He's going to paint the most truthful picture that can be painted in a situation. I can go to him and knowing his propensities too, but I, I can, I can listen to his take as an eyewitness and trust it because he really desires to be good. Of course, he's fallen. We're in a fallen world. We're not doing this perfectly, but the mirror of God in him is goodness mm-hmm. and truth. Yes. He desires goodness and truth. Yes, he does. He yeah. does. And that is the peace of God that he is, he is created to put out there in the world. Mm-hmm. What a beautiful picture. And we all have an essence about each one of us that, boy, if we were sinless, we would really shine brightly in. But God is so gracious to give us that little piece of himself in our fallen nature (laughs) to maybe aspire to, to maybe get glimpses of. But our fallenness is also gracious because it points us back to our need for Christ. Okay, Christy, how observant to and how wonderful to have a son that wants goodness, that appreciates goodness. That is absolutely wonderful. It could be a concern if that child found his identity in that goodness and what he can recreate. And so I would imagine in leading that child, you don't want to allow that little feeling to become pharisaical. Absolutely. And the, the right, we don't want our children to become Pharisees. That's a danger for all of us. <laughs> to want to follow the rules and be so legalistic. And as my husband preached on a couple of weeks ago, faith is really in between legalism, which is not faith, that's belief in the rules getting you there, and totally giving up on God altogether. Faith is somewhere in the middle, and that's where we want to teach our kids to walk, not relying on their own worth, their own worthiness without God, and also not giving up on God at all. Because when we walk in faith, we walk in a mess. We walk more in in a miry place. The mud and the mire is our fallen nature. And so for my son's goodness, that, that essence of, of God's goodness and showing us God's goodness through this little mirror of my son, this little piece of God in there, um, yet his need to be right shows that legalistic side, that ugly side that, well, I'm the one that's right. And so everyone else is wrong. So having a very ungracious attitude, he will, at his worst, he's very ungracious because guess what? He's ungracious with himself because he feels the fallen nature inside of himself. Mm-hmm. So 
Yes, when we are bringing our children to the Lord, when they sin at 12 months old or 12 years old, when they sin and we're bringing them to Jesus and gently correcting them, helping them to see their need for Christ, then therein lies what we all struggle with every day of our lives, right? Oh my goodness, I need the Lord. Oh my goodness, I need to keep my hand in Jesus' hand because I am not perfect and I also am fallen. So we we live, this is hard because there aren't a lot of rules that go with this, except that the rule is keep your hand in Jesus' hand. You have just enough light for the step that you're on so even when you're trying to figure out your kid and what do I do in this moment? I have a lot of moments like that. I don't know what to do right now. Stand there, breathe and pray and ask God to tell you in that moment what to do. Maybe it's just to stand there and do nothing. Maybe there is a particular action or there's a question that comes to your mind to ask your child. Get very good at asking questions. Very, very good. Ask more questions than use more interrogative sentences than declarative sentences <laughs> with everybody. I'm learning this. It's it's a hard, it's a hard learn. It's a hard sell for me. So yes, we don't want them to rely on their own beautiful essence because it's fallen. They still have a fallen nature. They need the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so when, when his essence shines through you, this fallen personality of yours and the box that you're in, when his essence shines through, it's not for you to even know. <laughs> yeah, It's for his purposes and his will and his glory and his joy. And we just walk with him until we get to the end and he welcomes us into his presence physically. Mm-hmm. How beautiful will that be? Moment yeah. by moment, your heavenly father is walking with you hand in hand to that eternal city where he is the architect. That beautiful. is his promise to us. That's beautiful. So I don't know if you know this, but I end every podcast with remember to rest in the Lord this week. Mm. And I think that's the point that I'm making is our identity is not in what we do or how hard we try or what we think, but rather we rest in the Lord and allow him to work through us. And Amen. it is beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. So our worthiness, our rest is in Christ alone. We can each day, even though we don't live up to that, that law, the law was not meant for us to live up to. It was meant to show us that we need Jesus. What is the law? To love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, and strength and love our neighbors ourselves. If we are not doing that perfectly, we confess that we have sinned against you, Father. And for the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, forgive us and restore us. That's how we walk every single day. So it is not walking in our own merit. It is not walking in how good am I doing or how badly am I doing? It is walking in, golly, I need the Lord. (laughs) And there is a joy and a peace that passes all understanding. 
that comes with that. That's not living in a depressed place. Oh, I'm just so bad and I have to hit myself with a board, you know, <laughs> flog myself. I don't have right. to do that. I actually feel a joy in that because guess what? It's not dependent on me. Neither is my parenting fully dependent on me because God created your child and loves your child far more than you could ever imagine loving your child. And he's given that child to you because you're the best parent for that child. You are the best parent for your child. You are not the perfect parent for your child, but you are the best parent for that child. And God is helping you and God is guiding your child as well. Let those holes be there. It's okay. Those are the holes where Christ can now come in and fill in his oh, like own that. way and in his own time. Mm -hmm. That's so good. So as we are realizing that we need to rest in the Lord, we also need to teach our kids that same thing. They oh, need to yes. rest in the Lord. Yes. We need to be living the gospel to yes. them. Yeah, yeah. Because God helping us, right? Yeah, it's so and, good. And the best thing we can do is when we fail to say, I was wrong, I'm sorry, please mm -hmm. forgive me. Yeah. I mean, my kids hear lots of things flying out of my mouth, not directed at them, but I have to look at them and say, my, my heart is not in a right place right now. Sometimes mm -hmm. I ask my kids to pray for me. Oh, that's Please good. pray for me right now. I'm having a really hard time. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Well, this has been a wonderful wrap and I think, I think we'll close there. And this, this was so excellent. I've really appreciated all of your insight and your spiritual wisdom. And I thank you so, so much for imparting that with us. Thank hmm. you. Well, that closes our podcast series with Christy. We will be back next week with more great parenting insights. So until then, remember to rest in the Lord this week.